Well, hello everyone. It's Pete here for the first podcast in Pete's Pods. And um, yeah, no, thanks for tuning in. Well, basically, we're going to do this, start the first one with um, veganism, which uh, a lot of people seem to be talking about. And uh, we're going to look at the actual uh, breakdown of what veganism is. Veganism is. It's uh, not eating animals or insect production or anything produced by insects or any animals at all. So basically, no byproducts of anything to do with animals or insects. Now, I wrote a post uh, about a week or so ago on uh, veganism, dying for change. And I actually posted a lot of things which we're going to talk about tonight, which is basically plants don't produce protein, ever. It's a plant protein. Now, I expanded on this a little bit um, uh, later uh, as regards to what is a plant protein and what are human proteins, and we run all our tests for humans on uh, mice, rabbits, and rats. We don't use plants ever as a basis to test uh, nutritional uh, testing or nutritional testing on humans. We don't use plants at all. But vegans say and state categorically that um, uh, plants are perfect for humans, but we don't use plants for testing uh, at all uh, on human beings at all. So we use animals to test, and I personally think it's crazy testing on ants. I mean, sorry, mice, uh, rats, and um, uh, rabbits for uh, uh, to compare that to a human baby. I think it's bizarre. So... We, let's look at what uh, plants are. Let's first off understand what a plant is. Plants don't produce protein. It's, um, there's 20 nutrients or close to 20 nutrients missing from plants. One of the best things put on plants is blood and bone. So you use blood and bone on plants as a fertilizer to bring plants uh, into um, a higher state of uh, health, you might say. Now, are plants vegans? Uh, well, 780 species or more of plants hunt, kill, and eat animals. They actually plan to hunt and kill and eat animals, and it's a pretty pretty um, heavy way to die because you're suffocated or drowned by plants. I use um, the pitcher plant uses specifically uh, water or a, a nutrient enzyme that it develops that the animal falls into or the insect falls into, and it's basically almost pure enzyme. So when it falls in there, the animal is dissolved by the enzymes after it drowns and it's eaten and absorbed by the plant. That's called the pitcher plant. Now, the Venus flytrap, which you've seen probably a lot or you might not have seen, is um, a plant which has a, a, sense of, a bunch of sensors along the inside of the plant, these spiky uh, leaves that um, join together when it closes. And what happens uh, when the insect or the animal crawls along the inside of the plant, or the Venus flytrap, when these uh, leaves are open, uh, the sensors on the or hairs on the inside of the um, the Venus flytrap that are activated and close the leaves, which have got spiky uh, connectors on the end of it, and they um, are absorbed. Uh, they're trapped inside the, the Venus flytrap, and it catches anything you know, uh, lizards, small birds, vertebrates, uh, any type of insect or any type of small mammal. So that's what plants have evolved to to eating animals. Um, they eat animals. Uh, they plan to eat animals. Now, let's look at the acacia plant in South Africa, which has um, been scientifically studied to raise its tannin levels. Now, for those of you who don't know what tannin is, 
tannins a component of uh, vegetables or um, in animals as well, but um, it's found in, tannin, in uh, plants quite quite regularly. And its high levels of tannin cause you to not be able to digest food, and it causes uh, a toxicity of the digestive tract, and you can actually um, die from getting high high tannin levels. Now, in South Africa, there was a bunch of kudu, which are very large antelopes uh, with very striking-looking animal, amazing-looking animal. Um, look them up, kudu, K-U-D-U, uh, in South Africa or Africa, and um, they were overgrazing the acacias in uh, in this reserve. And the uh, the acacias, uh, instead of you know acting like they were just a dumb plant, uh, raised the tannin levels about four to five times and poisoned uh, a lot of the kudu. So if you look at this as something of uh, plant intelligence or sentience, which a lot of vegans think that plants aren't sentient, this is an observation by plants of the amount of kudu around them. They then uh, poisoned a lot of the kudu, which a lot of kudu died. The plants in a drought get to eat the kudu with the kudu die next to the, the tree or the plant because the plants use um, blood and bone as a, a nutrient for uh, plant growth. So not only were they planning to kill the kudu, which they did, they were by raising their tannin levels, and they released a gas, which is all, you can look this up, kudu kill, uh, acacia kill kudu, or um, uh, in South Africa or Africa. It's a very, very easy thing to find now. I've been talking about it quite some time. It was very small amounts of people knew about it, but now I've, I've talked about it quite a lot. A, while, a lot of people actually know about it, and it's been moved through the, um, the internet quite well now. So if you want to look it up, you can. It's really easy. Um, the great thing about all this stuff is that we have got to a stage where we believe things instead of observing things. And what I call, what I am is an observationalist. I don't believe things, I observe things. So when you're doing something or believing something or going to do have a lifestyle or, or, or you know change your lifestyle, I look at it from a natural viewpoint in nature. Can I do this in nature? Is this possible in nature? Is this food high nutrient value? What's the nutrient value of the food? Uh, has this had a generational study? And, uh, you know, things like that. So what I would do with this is say, hey, the plants kill animals. The plants eat animals. Are plants vegan? So let's look at the soil. Is the soil vegan? Well, you would have a thing, apparently, for 140 million years, dinosaurs running around on the planet, you know, 80 foot high giant lizards, cold blooded, and had to be really, really hot uh, to have those amounts of millions and millions of lizards for 140 million years, actually trillions of lizards, running around at, uh, in uh, that type of environment. We had giant trees, apparently, giant ferns, giant everything, giant insects. Everything was massive in those days, apparently. We're going to do a thing which covers uh, the Jurassic period and global warming, which will be really interested in a future pod because um, that has to do with our health because if we actually think Earth's heating up and we had 140 million years of giant lizards running around which are cold-blooded, which need 24-hour heat to operate, and they don't virtually know lizards anywhere in cold climates, so they're only in hot climates, so they need hot climates to survive. So if the whole world was covered with lizards, I'm getting off subject here, but we're going to talk about this later. It's going to be called uh, Global Warming and Dinosaurs. That's for future pod. But um, anyway, back to the fact that um, uh, the plants uh, in that area were in a drought period and they needed to have uh, nutrients. They were killing the animals, um, possibly to get the animals to grow, to die around them, as well to reduce the amount of uh, 
uh, damage the plants were doing, the kudu were doing to the acacias. Now, what happened after a period of time? The planets, the plants, <laughs> the plants, the plants actually monitored the uh, levels of kudu that had died. Then they removed or they reduced their uh, uh, tannin levels down to a, a, a manageable or a normal level, and their kudu were uh, then e uh, able to graze again. Uh, so the, the kudu were managed or observed. And the thing that the plants were doing was communicating with each other. Uh, they were releasing ethylene gas, which is a gas that uh, was used to communicate with the other um, acacias to prove that plants are conscious and have awareness and are telling the other plants, hey, guess what? Um, we've got to raise our tannin levels because these kudus are grazing and we need to get them down to a natural level that aren't killing us. So once the plants lose all their leaves, they cannot transpire. And I don't know if you know what transpiration is. A transpiration is the loss of water through the leaves and also they take uh, this thing called photosynthesis through the leaves which absorbs sunlight which is an energy form for plants. So they couldn't function properly with all the um, kudu removing the leaves and um, and a lot of the other damage that were causing the kudu were causing to the, the uh, acacias. So we have uh, three levels there of plant intelligence which is an observation of the problem which is with kudu, then uh, observing the uh, kudu, actually four levels, observing the kudu, what they were doing to the um, uh, the caches, then raising their tannin levels, then communicating with the other caches to raise their tannin levels, actually it's more like five. And five is to monitor the amount of uh, kudu that have been killed and then uh, reduce their tannin levels down to normal levels. So plants, by this definition, are highly conscious organisms which work as a community, have an ability to communicate by easily seeing uh, references to the raising and lowering of the tannin levels, and they were communicating between each other. So again, we have a major observation, which the vegan movement fails to see, of plants being not only uh, aggressive uh, predators, which over 780 species of plants hunt, kill and eat animals. They are observational assassins. They can actually kill and plan to kill animals once the animals are damaging the plants, they will um, raise their anti-nutrient levels and destroy or kill animals on a large scale, which the kudu were killed on a large scale. So it's interesting that um, we don't have uh, anybody talking about this type of aspect uh, when we talk about veganism in general. Plants are conscious. Plants are murderers. Plants hunt, kill and eat animals. Uh, they are sentient. They are worried about their offspring. They're worried about their their physical health uh, and being threatened by animals. And a lot of people don't understand, especially in the vegan community, that plants attract animals. There's 40,000-year-old ferns in Tasmania and Australia that have been around for 40,000 years, propagating and breeding and creating other ferns. You don't get to 40,000 years old if you are stupid. You have to negotiate a lot of happenings or events in that 40,000-year period of time. So um, large trees, you've all seen the large old trees up to two to 3,000 years old. Uh, they attract and uh, evolve to create uh, uh, apparatus on them that attract animals to them. Plants are the only self-feeding aware organism on the planet. They actually self-feed by dropping leaves around the base deliberately to attract organisms, microorganisms, and smaller vertebrates, invertebrates, 
to break down the leaves and provide poo and dead animals around the base of their tree. If you look at the crown of a tree, I was a landscaper for a long, long period of time, and uh, I found that most of the um, trees I, I looked at were highly intelligent. I found one that had gone across a road, under a road, uh, and broken open a pipe when I was 16 when I was doing a sewer choke, and I couldn't believe what the engineering of the plant had done. It had broken open the pipe, formed a fake collar around the pipe, gone into the pipe, and had grown down the sewage pipe and was letting the sewage run over the top of it and absor absorbing absorbing the nutrients from the sewage, which again proves the plant's unvegan. This plant had gone over 30 metres under the road, enormous engineering feat, and broken open the pipe and gone into the pipe and made sure the pipe was still sealed and grown down the pipe three metres, making sure the sewage flew, um, still flowed over the uh, roots of this absorption pad that the plant had evolved to use inside the pipe. So that's an obvious evolutionary engineering marvel that people don't take any notice of because it's a plant and it doesn't have eyes and ears. This was censored, this was aware, this was an um, extremely difficult bit of engineering and it was functional and it worked and the plant got the nutrient it needed. It obviously wasn't getting it from the other side of the road where it went, it was actually based. It sent out roots to the other side of the road and we'd got the call to do the sewer choke to remove this incredible bit of engineering. I actually stood there as a 16-year-old. This is when I realised the plants were conscious. I didn't actually sit there and have to figure out by somebody telling me. I observed it. And that's what the big thing we at world don't do. We don't actually look at uh, plants as being an observation. We just think it's a big tree sitting there. And we don't, don't look down into the soil and what they, what they actually do below the ground and above ground. Plant, plants aren't actually a singular entity or organism. They're a bipolar or a, bi, uh, a double entity which can actually monitor the earth and the, uh, the air at the same time. Animals can't do that. The nervous system of a plant is now been proven to be electronic. It's uh, look up the consciousness of plants. Plants are conscious and you can actually see uh, by uh, the observations of scientists finally looking at the plant plant's uh, consciousness and the nervous system of the plant. If you look at the root system of a plant, it's extremely close to a nervous system of a human being. It doesn't have to talk and, um, uh, you know, have eyes and nice little fluttering eyelashes to be a conscious being. It actually is different to us. Plants are different. Now, let's look at uh, the fact that a lot of vegans think um, uh, uh, plants have got exactly the same nutrients for humans to grow healthy and strong on. There are about 20 different uh, nutrients that aren't available in plants. Plants are, by definition, plants. They're not, they're not humans. They're not animals. They're plants. They are, they are completely different. They are suspended in ground uh, by the root system and the nervous system, electronic system, and they have a system above which just transpires uh, creates rain clouds, which is another thing that plants do that a lot of vegans don't know about. There's a great article which you can look up called The Sky River. Plants actually release uh, microparticles in the Amazon to create uh, rain clouds in periods of drought. So they release particles and monitor, that's monitor the atmosphere for uh, uh, correct times to release these particles and they actually uh, are released at the period of drought when the plants are getting enough water or nutrients and they form clouds and rain above the cloud above the uh, plants or the trees of the Amazon. This is called the Sky River. There's more water in the sky than there is in the, all the oceans and everything on the, on the planet. So 
we have more uh, atmospheric water than any other water supply on the planet. So the plants are aware of that. Again, that proves even more that plant, plants are highly conscious because they produce rain clouds in periods of drought by releasing particulates, which the micronutrients or the micro droplets of rain clouds stick to and form clouds. So not only is that a, an observation of the weather themselves, that they are incredibly advanced, uh, they are beyond human beings' comprehension because most people can't comprehend that plants produce clouds when they are getting, it's really dry. So again, back to the, the basics of self-feeding. Plants self-feed in times of uh, heat. They drop leaves to protect the soil around their root system. They don't actually do it by fluke. They plant it by the weather being hot. They want to drop the leaves around the base of the plant so the plant is protected from transpiration, transpiration or loss of um, the actual uh, nutrients or water from the base of the plant. So plants lose moisture from the soil. So what they do is drop leaves and humus to create uh, a period or a section around the plant that is um, uh, covered in leaves. So you'll find once the leaves pile up, which uh, you get around a lot of plants in the trees in the bush of Australia, because Australia doesn't have any evergreen plants. We don't have a, uh, a, a summer, autumn or winter in Australia. We have just uh, evergreen plants all year. We're the only country, I think one of the only countries in the world that all our plants are uh, evergreen. And the reason why that is, is because we have uh, mostly eucalypts, acacias uh, and grevilleas, which are really, really high in oils. And you've all seen probably or heard of eucalyptus oil. Uh, it's amazing, amazing oil, highly uh, beneficial for humans to take or use in um, inflammatory um, problems in humans. Now, what the, the uh, you've probably seen the, the eucalypts in snow down the, in the snowy mountains in Sydney or in Victoria, the high, highlands up there, they don't lose their leaves. And you've probably never wondered why because you've never actually analysed it. All other trees all around the world, um, guess what? Lose the leaves in the, the cold. You know why that happens? Because with the high water content and the low oil content of all the deciduous trees around most of the world, they um, uh, uh, would freeze and cause damage to the plants. So before the plants actually get to that stage where the, they're going to, all these plants' uh, leaves would freeze and cause damage to the plant, the plant plans to release the leaves. So it stores up enough energy in the tree to survive through winter, like hibernation with a bear does. Um, everybody observes bears going into hibernation, which is an astonishing thing, which nobody seems to talk about. An animal can actually sleep for six months and not die and not drink, which is a quite phenomenal, but nobody really thinks much of it. Um, again, uh, so you look at plants being conscious of the weather and modifying their, their um, growing uh, process to match the cold areas that they are cold times or cold climates. They release the plant, uh, the leaves, and so they don't have damage or lose energy from uh, all the, the, the uh, leaves of the plant freezing. So you come back to Australia, which all the eucalypts and the grillias and all those um, other plants native to Australia, which a lot of countries haven't got these plants, and they have a higher oil content. So when you're in the, the snow, you don't actually lose the leaves or the leaves don't freeze. It's got a, like an antifreeze in the actual leaf. Um, so, again, that's uh, an adaption, a, um, 
conscious awareness of the plant to understand exactly what they are doing. Now, we're going to get on to breast milk in the next part, uh, which will be part two of veganism dying for change. And uh, we'll talk about breast milk and where do we get breast milk from plants. Thank you very much. Round two coming up.